Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You know, the, the team hurts for the, the individual players. How, you know, just because you invest in your teammates' story, um, know where they're at and um, the opportunity that they have, um, you know, but uh, I, I think that uh, we, we've learned um, through, uh, we've really learned the hard way that, um, you know, the, we have capable players across the board um, and, the, and the team doesn't use that as an excuse whatsoever, um, but very uh, heavy hearts for the individuals. Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel there. It's time to head out to the Toyota of Hollywood Hotline Shop. Hundreds of Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. All right, thanks, Woody. And Kyle Krabs, the host of Locked on Fence podcast, joins us this morning. And Kyle, you, you just heard Mike McDaniel talking about all the guys, the latest, Cameron Good and Andrew Van Ginkle and Jerome Baker, broken wrist, had surgery. Uh, we're just about out of uh, outside linebackers um, and, and edge rushers. Do you have enough to go to Kansas City and get creative and, and slow down and keep uh, Kansas City out of the end zone? Well, uh, Joe, I'm not a big guy, but you're a pretty big guy. Uh, what are you doing on Saturday? Did you suit up? Play, I know you play tight end. Get on the Listen, edge a little bit. Play, I was, play some D. I wasn't very good at tight end then, and I'm really <laughs> bad now, and I have no shot at the other side. Yeah, somebody, uh, somebody get a big raise if they got to block me for about five plays before I got hurt. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have a, I have a feeling somebody from the outside is is going to have to come in and, and be ready to play some snaps behind Emmanuel Agba and Melvin Ingram, and you know they can do some things differently with the front. I certainly think this means more play time for. Uh, Raquan Davis, and, and you may see Christian Wilkins bumped a little bit further out on, over top of offensive tackles. Uh, so it, it's going to impact your ability to rush the passer. It's going to impact what your fronts look like. That, in turn, is going to impact what your, your covered shells on the back end look like, depending on how many guys they end up being able to piece together to feel comfortable on the edge. But, you know, with this football game and the weather being what it is, I think that is an interesting 
kind of subplot here. I don't know how much of, of slinging the ball all over the yard in you know, zero-degree weather and you know, there's some chance of snow and some blustery winds. Um, this, this might just turn into like a, a scrum, who can run the ball better type of game. And if that's the case, I do think they have, with the heavier fronts, something that can at least make this interesting. And I don't expect Kansas City is going to go up and put a ton of points on the board on them, even if they are thin on the edge. Yeah, that will uh, that will be an interesting. Hey, just to, to put a close to that last game, your thoughts uh, overall on that 21-14 game. For me, the biggest surprise, the offense getting shut out in the second half. What about for you? Yeah, uh, I certainly agree when you have the success that you have offensively and then you have uh, 50-something yards of offense in the second half and, and they couldn't get anything going. And um, I, I think there's some big-picture conversations about uh, how you got here when you consider some of the other games earlier this season where Miami has had so much success running the ball in the first half and then they kind of get away from it. And I understand Miami really didn't get any drives going, so it was hard for them to find the rhythm to run the ball. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think that I agree with you in, in offensively getting that stagnant and allowing Buffalo to change how many guys are in the box, and it just completely changes what your attention is or what you want to call. I think you kind of played into their hand a little bit. And then there was some missed execution. Uh, I think we had a missed throw. I think we had a guy that, that didn't push his route up past the sticks quite far enough. I think Tyreek Hill probably has a couple that he wants back that would have allowed you to get something going. So it was a little bit of everybody, uh, as far as I'm concerned, up until that, that final two-minute offense situation, which obviously just was a, a gut punch, but very uh, poetically appropriate ending, given how this rivalry against that team has gone for the last couple of years. It looks like Jalen Waddle will be back for this game to play with Tyree Kill, and, uh, and that's obviously good news. But I, I guess I've been a little surprised at – we talked about the receivers before and all the receivers we liked and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and they have other guys and yet the other guys just aren't being used or getting very many targets. It just hasn't been. It's basically oh, they're a- not open. They're not open. I mean, I'm watching Cedric Wilson and Braxton Berrios and they got their guys on them stuck like glue trying okay. to run routes. Yeah. And Buffalo's out there and they say, okay, uh, second half, we're not going to do the too high safety shell anymore. We're just going to push one safety and put him 20 yards up over Tyreek Hill, and we're going to play man coverage everywhere else across the board, and nobody's winning one-on-ones. Yeah. And that, that was, like, really startling because, like you said, Cedric Wilson, okay, a little bit bigger role, size guy, Braxton Berrios brought in, supposed to be a little bit more of a quicker winner from the slot. Teron Johnson blanketed him throughout the second half. Uh, but you're absolutely right where the, the, the targets aren't there, but the targets aren't there because specifically in that game, they couldn't win their one-on-ones. And it was the same problem we kind of had this time last year. Yeah. It's, uh, it makes it hard when you try to just make it an HN and, and Tyreek Hill situation. Tyreek, of course, had some drops in the game, and he's trying every way possible to get him the football, and I understand that. You have a problem, and you think there's too many drops? I know somebody wrote an article saying talking about Tyreek Hill's drops and that he's one of the top guys now in the NFL. I just don't have a problem. I know he dropped one where he, he got pass interference, but if he would have been able to catch it, he might have been off and running. But what are your thoughts on Tyreek Hill and his drops recently? Well, I, I think the conversation with Tyreek and the drops, I, I think the reason it's relevant at all is because it seems like in all these big game situations when Miami hasn't been able to close these games, 
had the drop touchdown pass against Philadelphia, right? They lost that game, and that was a, a walk-in touchdown. He just took his off, eyes off the ball too quickly. He technically drops the ball that turns into a fumble that Kansas City returns for a touchdown in Germany, yeah. and that puts points directly on the board right before the half. It's a back-breaking turn of events for Miami, and the ball touched Tyree Kill's hands. Uh, he dropped one against Baltimore last week when Miami was trying to maintain their momentum early in the game. He did. He drops that one. You know, so it's like there's these big moments where you feel like they're pivotal swing points of momentum throughout the game. But the guy played 16 games and his target 171 times. He ain't going to catch every ball that touches his hands. Um, I think the thing that's frustrating is you do see him go up really high on one of the uh, – the, the intermediate routes that Tua did hit him for in that game, and he makes this leaping catch up over top. It was straight drop back. There's right. no play action passing. And he plucks that ball that's up over his helmet, and then you get these other instances where you know he's obviously capable of it, but he doesn't do it with the consistency. And those feel like the ones that get away from you. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll cut him a little bit of slack on the one that was talked about yesterday or, or for – Sunday because he was interfered with on the play. They did call the penalty and gave you a spot foul for a first down. So it obviously threw off his um, the rhythm of him accelerating through the top of the break. But still, it was a ball that feasibly could have been catchable. So I understand the talking point. Yeah, I, I like to have that Baltimore one back. You're right. That makes it like uh, 14-7. 14-7 game back then. And he's wide open on that motion. Got a two-way go and just smokes the guy, does everything but catch the ball and tips it up in the air and, and ends up not being a catch. That That's the one you'd really like to uh, have back. So, as we get set for this game, um, I'm just curious. I, I guess it's it's more of the same. So, all of a sudden, we have seen more from Derm Smythe, which has been great. He's been open and catching the football. He's getting three or four catches a game here recently. Uh, do you see more Derm Smythe being involved in this game? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think that's somebody when you catch zone coverage, and I think the return of Jalen Waddle will prevent the number one thing that the Bills were able to do in the second half of that game, where they do take the safety, put him over the top of Tyreek, and they man up everywhere else. I think Jalen Waddle's presence prevents teams from doing that, particularly if you he, if he use them on opposite sides of the field. So even if Waddle's not going to get a ton of the volume and run in the passing game just because of the weather conditions or whatever, getting more true zone coverage allows those other complementary players to have opportunities to find soft spaces in zone. And I think Durham Smythe the last couple weeks done a really good job of that because he really hasn't been a focal point for the offense all season long. So I think that is certainly an, and low-key nice thing about Durham. He played in Notre Dame. He knows what he's getting into playing in cold weather here in Arrowhead. There's some guys that maybe have not played in these, this kind of environment before. I'm sure Durham's played in something that's somewhat like it based off of where he's come from. So I really like Durham yeah. as an element to this game. But they, they just tr- – if you're going to catch zone coverage, and I think you should, uh, I think you play Waddle and Hill off of each other and make sure that you have that space for those spot throws, assuming the weather's going to allow it to, to happen for you. i got to ask, I know they've taken a lot of criticism. I'm going to bring two guys together here for you, Cater Kohu and Eli Apple. Uh, what are your thoughts about how they play both inside and outside? Uh, I think Cater's showing you he, he's um, an, a nickel corner at his best. Uh, I also think he's much better in man coverage than he is in zone. I think there's been growing pains for Cater. 
where he was so good last year because they were so man coverage heavy. And now there's a lot of communication and zone match and being able to anticipate. And, you know, I'm going to start flowing with two, but then if there's a switch release, I need to be ready for throw. Like all of that stuff. Yeah. I think it's been a, a, a learning process for Cater. It certainly feels that way. I think Eli Apple has his moments up and down. I think he is a, a viable, adequate starting outside corner. It's just, you know, you're really not going to get a lot of high splash impact plays. Um, he obviously had the interception against Buffalo on the throw that was forced hot by Josh Allen right. on Sunday night. Um, I, I don't know that I would expect Eli Apple back next year uh, as a player who signed on a one-year deal. But I think there's, there's been moments with each, but I also think it, it's Eli Apple is who he is and Cater Crow, who I think maybe didn't meet what my high expectations were for him off of his rookie year because they're playing in a new scheme and it's a lot of new things for him that he hasn't done before. Hey, you surprised on Cam Smith. I know we spent with uh, talking with Omar a lot about Cam Smith and that the top pick is still not playing. I guess he got two snaps last game. W- w- what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I think Mike McDaniel's comments there have been very uh, eye-opening, and I know he's been asked a few times about Cam, and his response is effectively, I think, corners are like quarterbacks where if you play them before they're quote-unquote ready, uh, you can have some scar tissue, and I think everybody remembers what happened with Noah Benogany when he got forced into the lineup early and uh, gives up that big touchdown uh, or that big play just before the half against Seattle in week three, and he goes out there in week two against Buffalo and gets smoked. Yeah. Um, and it felt like he never recovered from that. It really did. So if that's their thought process, they see him every day in practice. I didn't think based off training camp that he looked like a player that was that far behind, but uh, that doesn't mean that that's not as they have had the full body of work and they're, they're evaluating him internally. They don't feel like he just needs to continue to develop patience and trust in his technique to go out and do it. So I think they have other bodies yeah. that are capable. I think that the, if you're disappointed with that, you were hoping maybe he would come in and be an impact player for you year one. But these past two draft classes have been about targeting, with the exception of Devon Achan, uh, players to, to kind of fill in and I think get ready to step into bigger roles as right. they mature within the offense because they're not premium picks with guys that you associate with stepping in right away. So, so real positive here that I want to get into because I don't want this to be a Debbie Downer after what, what has taken place here. Boy, offensively, let's start with the offensive line. Um, this is the best you've been with Rob Hunt coming back, uh, Robert Jones moving on over to the other side who's had some of his best games ever. How's this offensive line, how'd they look against the Buffalo Bills with potentially this is the healthiest you've been at that position for a while? Yeah, it was nice to see Robert Hunt back out there kicking butt and taking names. Uh, he was a welcomed addition. I think he's just so dynamic versus the other options you've had in there. And I, I think Rob Jones. Uh, I, I think the execution and you get a little bit more range than Lester Cotton. Uh, so I, I do think it's probably the best combination of guys that you had out there. Obviously, the first half success speaks for itself. They had a lot of traction. They had a lot of guys getting up in, in space and blocking Bill's defenders. Uh, so I thought they did a nice job there. The one thing that I think is really missing uh, from this offense, and you were hoping you'd get a, a Jeff Wilson load, workload that would allow this to be the case. Um, Mike McDaniel said after the game, 
that uh, the Bills, or he said it on Monday, uh, the Bills played a little bit more single high safety and dropped the extra safety down to impact the run. That was one of the contributing factors why they got away from the run altogether in the second half. Late in the year, playoff football, big boy football, you got to be able to run the ball into heavier boxes. You know, if you're just going to say, okay, well, the safety's down, so we have to pass or we want to pass, versus, okay, the safety's cheating down, let's still run and get four yards. And this, this offense does not have that element in it right now. And I don't know if they can do some soul-searching and find it for this playoff game. But if they don't, that's going to be the number one thing for me this offseason I'm looking at as far as the continued evolution of this offense. Because you had some guys that were winning, but it was just you, you weren't calling a lot of concepts to hit between the tackles. I think they have like 34 rushing yards between the tackles in the last two weeks. Everything's outside, and they yes. rush for over 100 yards in both of those games. Right. It's just everything's outside. They, they, don't, they either don't or can't or choose not to run between the tackles. But when you get the heavier boxes, you got to be able to tuck it up in there and get three, four yards with some level of consistency in these late-season yeah. games. No, I know a lot of people going, hey, we're getting away from the run, and it's a, it's a really good point, and, uh, and I'm sure Mike's looking at knowing this, this can be a cold-weather game. Hey, finally – Devon Achan, one guy the last two weeks, you know, with and it's been it's been very negative around here, as you know, and probably in your world too. Boy, Devon Achan has been really friggin' good talking about that outside run. Yeah, he's been as advertised, and, and you could see what the vision was for why they chose to draft him, and all the conversation around team not caring about running backs. Well, they draft one in the third round, and it's him. And uh, I I think the concern is workload, right? He's had what he's had had a toe he's had ribs he's had a shoulder he's had a knee twice this season so that's just something to be mindful of and obviously he had a track background so he was still running some track so if his body composition they continue to evolve in this offseason they're hoping maybe he's more prepped for some of that but um he's been sensational with what they've asked him to do would love for them to find some more ways to continue to keep him involved yeah. in the short passing game too. Uh, get him the ball in space, isolate him on linebackers. Love it. These are all all things that uh, are kind of the next levels of his game that can really open them up and and give them more levels offensively. And and, and you know the fan base obviously loves him and understands how good he is with the numbers he's put up, even with missing all that time. But boy, one thing is for sure, you just hit. You can't. You, you can't put too much on his plate and he can't get too many carries or he's just he's just not that big a guy and sometimes he gets hit and it looks like he's run into a wall and you're like, oh man, get up, get up. So hopefully Raheem Mostert's back uh, to get uh, some of that uh, work this week and, uh, and help out and uh, it looks like both he and Waddle will be back. I want to see this offense back uh, with a lot of the original guys and see what it looks like. Kyle, thank you, man. Really appreciate you coming on. Spend a little bit of extra time, buddy. Always nice to have you. Yeah, likewise. Good chat with you. All right. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.